From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, there's more damning information against Celsius's CEO, Alex Mashinsky. That's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, September 8th, 2022. The Apple event. Are you buying the new iPhone 14 Pro Max S, whatever it's called, the new Apple Watch Ultra, or the new AirPods Pro? Let me know what you're going to do. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. I don't think I'm going to get any of them, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Look, I, I, I've been using my, my 10S Max for a while, and, you know, it's fine. It works fine. Like I said, it was freezing up for a little bit. It's getting a little laggy. It's overheating a little bit. I think that's a battery issue. But... Man, the iPhone is expensive. Look, you can get the 14. You can get the 14, but I feel that it's like if you get the medium of the road, the middle of the road, you're always going to be disappointed in like a couple of years. If you get the top of the line, you have like a bigger runway, four years, maybe five years at this point. Nothing's going to really come out and blow you away and change the whole cell phone game in the next four years, in my opinion. So you have a lot of runway. But I priced the one I want to get. It's the iPhone 14 Pro Max with one terabyte. It's like $1,600. You know, couple that one with a new Apple Watch. We're talking, I'm going to spend $2,200 for a watch and a phone. Now, yeah, they may last me four years, but that's going to be $500 a year over those four years. That's kind of a lot of damn money. Phones are getting expensive. Now, of course, I can get the 14, you know, which is going to be around about $800. You know, spec it up to, you know, at least half a terabyte. I don't think you can get a terabyte with it, but half a terabyte. You know, it's going to be about 1000 bucks or 1100 bucks, but that's a big difference. Long story short is it's very expensive. Very expensive. However, I will say I think they did a good job with the whole pill cutout design. Like the design we thought was like, eh, it's a minor upgrade. But the way that they did it dynamically, I think it's just great. What they call it, the dynamic island. When I saw that, I was like, Apple, there you go. You killed it. You're, you're brilliant with that. The way it's integrated. So it's not just this weird hole just cut out there just looking at you staring at you anyway i thought they did a good job with that the apple watch again the eight is fine if i do anything i'm gonna get the eight my four series lasted me four years i have no beef with my apple watch the only thing i would say is i wish that the screen was flatter and a little bit bigger and the eight and the seven have already taken care of that but this ultra it's even bigger but it's 800 bucks that's crazy that's a lot we knew it was gonna be expensive because titanium we knew it was going to be more rugged, but I think it's just a niche case. You don't really need that. I don't really need that. Look, I lift weights. I run. I do sport. I've done Spartan races. I, uh, you know, travel with this watch, and it barely has a scratch after four years, you know, putting it through a lot of, you know, different different situations. I wear it in showers. I wear it in beaches. I wear it everywhere, and it's, it is fine. I don't know. What do you guys think about the whole new lineup? Matthew, you're Crypt.co. I probably... We'll hold off on buying something. Let me know. Am I just being cheap? Or buying something for $1,600, a phone for $1,600, just doesn't make sense. 
especially since we're kind of in a bear market. Speaking of the Apple event, we actually have some news about the Apple event. As many as 70,000 people turned to watch a phony live stream of the Apple event, saying that it was an Apple event about the metaverse and Apple's crypto plans. The event was titled Apple Event Live, CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, Apple and Metaverse in 2022, with the words urgent news at the bottom. The interview itself was actually old footage from 2018 of Tim Cook on CNN, and they took out the CNN logo and put Apple Crypto Event 2022 on the bottom. And if you showed up to this event, you had a URL to take you to a dubious crypto website, basically to steal all your money. 70,000 people were watching this. <laughs> Look, scammers are going to scam and they're going to try to find new ways. Every event that comes up is going to be a new way to try to scam you. Anytime even Donald Trump speaks, they have some kind of weird ass Donald Trump and Bitcoin next to it. They're trying to get people to go to like some Bitcoin site. They're always trying. Just don't click. Be careful. And now let's take a look at those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 10.15 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $19,287, up 3% in 24. The market cap for Bitcoin is $369 billion. Ethereum is at $1,630, up 8% in 24. The market cap is just shy of $200 billion. Tether is number 3, USDC is number 4, and Binance is number 5 at 279 up 6% in 24. And an observation, and I think something to note, is that Tether and USDC are only $16 billion separating each other via market cap. And that's significant because I think we're going to see a USDC overtake Tether as the number one stablecoin soon. I think a lot of people are using Tether um, on Binance. And now that Binance is basically saying, hey, we're going to tell everybody just to use BUSD. I think we're going to see a lot of Tether going to BUSD. Of course, a lot of USDC as well. But that's going to take a lot of the market cap out of Tether and, and bump the Binance stablecoins market cap up. Right now, the market cap of Binance stablecoins is around $20 billion. Uh, it's far behind USDC, but I think we're going to see a flipping here. Let's see what happens there. And, you know, they're stablecoins. It really doesn't matter. But Tether was a king stablecoin for a long time. But it seems as though USDC is nipping on its heels. Running off the top 10, we have, like I said, BUSD, XRP, Cardano, Solana, and Polkadot overtaking Doge again. The separation between Polkadot and Doge is $1 million market cap, by the way. The total market cap is up 4.2% in 24. It's at $977.2 billion. The BTC dominance is 37.8% falling again. And the F dominance is up to 20.4, which is expected considering we're heading toward the merge. I was very surprised by the price pullback yesterday, considering we're just going marching forward toward the merge. Um, I still think we're going to see higher highs for Ethereum, going up to the 13th to the 15th. But you never know because yesterday really caught me off guard. Moving into today's headlines. Now, I got this random email from something called CoinCub. I never seen CoinCub, heard of CoinCub, but they made me look at their report because it really interested me. And I'm going to read it to you. CoinCub announces worldwide crypto tax ranking for 2022. Basically, they looked at what countries pay the most tax in crypto gains and who pays the least. And so let's take a look at this real quick. So what are the best crypto tax havens? Well, that's the Bahamas, Bermuda, Belarus, the UAE, and the Central African Republic. The top countries for crypto tax for residents, and I'm assuming this is a cap gains, that would be Germany, Italy, Switzerland, Singapore, 
and Slovenia, and the worst countries for crypto taxation for residents is Belgium, Iceland, Israel, the Philippines, and Japan. And so when you're talking about the worst, I'm going to tell you like how much the worst is really quick. In Belgium, capital gains tax start at like 33%, and they have a progressive tax rate of up to 50% for professional traders. That's crazy. Anyway, when they said that that's the worst, that definitely holds some water. So if you want to see the whole report or the whole crypto taxation ranking list, uh, the link is in the show notes. It's the bit.ly link. Artist and filmmaker Charlotte Colbert is launching a one-of-one NFT based on her horror film, She Will, with the proceeds of the sale going to support the charity End Violence Against Women. The NFT is titled, Why Are We Taught to Fear the Witches? Colbert's NFT is launching as part of Goddess. It's an NFT show by an online gallery, Eye of the Huntress, in collaboration with NFT marketplace SuperRare. The show aims to address gender imbalance in the digital art space. According to a November 2021 report, women made up just 16% of primary and secondary sales on the NFT marketplace Nifty Gateway. Vermont state officials have asked for broader powers to investigate Celsius, alleging that the troubled cryptocurrency exchange artificially inflated the price of its sell token at the expense of retail investors going back over three years. Let me just summarize that. It's alleged that for three years, sell token has been artificially inflated by using retail investor funds. The Vermont Assistant General Counsel said, by increasing its net position in sell by hundreds of millions of dollars, Celsius increased and propped up the market price of sell, thereby artificially inflating the company's sell holdings on its balance sheet and financial statements. Continue to say, excluding the company's net position in sell, liabilities would have exceeded its assets since at least February 28th of 2019. These practices may also have enriched Celsius insiders at the expense of retail investors. According to these Vermont officials, Celsius CEO Alice Mashinsky made false and misleading claims to investors about the company's financial health, profitability, and ability to meet its obligations and compliance with security laws. And as we know, ever since then, Alice Mashinsky was tweeting about how good the company is, how protected your funds are, how great they are compared to, say, BlockFi and Nexo and Voyager. At the time of these Alex Mashinsky tweets, the Vermont officials say Celsius lacks sufficient assets to repay its obligations and further experienced unrealized losses of approximately $454 million between May 2nd and May 22nd of 2022. Celsius also allegedly admitted that the company has never earned enough revenue to support the yield being paid to investors, effectively qualifying it as a Ponzi scheme. I think we have to change it from Ponzi to Mashinsky. This is a Mashinsky scheme. The Vermont officials continue to say, This shows a high level of financial mismanagement and also suggests at least some point in time, yields to existing investors were probably being paid with the assets of new investors. And my question to the crypto space, to the authorities, when are we going to arrest Alex Mashinsky and everybody who touched financials in Celsius? In related news... Voyager Digital is auctioning off its remaining holdings on September 13th as part of the crypto broker's bankruptcy proceedings, which is very interesting if they have a lot of F. You know, September 13th might be a very interesting day to auction off holdings. We're going to see how that works out for them. And other related news, I had about, 
I don't know, $400 in Bitcoin on BlockFi. I thought BlockFi was locked out, uh, but I just went on and checked it out to see if I could take anything out of BlockFi. And I was able to move that $400 worth of Bitcoin out of BlockFi. And so if you do have money in Voyager or BlockFi or any of these, uh, I don't know, what, what do you want to call these things anymore? Go and log in and see if you can take them out because I thought they were locked. I was just waiting to see some kind of communication, but I was able to easily withdraw the funds. Siba Bank, a crypto-friendly bank in Switzerland, announced the launch of Ethereum staking for its institutional investors. Siba added that it will ensure round-the-clock access to clients staked Ethereum ahead of the merge. The staking program comes with insurance and requires a certain amount of capital to enter the pool. And in related news to that, Binance.us is launching Ethereum staking on its platform. The company announced yesterday that users can stake F and earn 6%. And that's crazy. Why? Because nobody's offering 6%. Lido is around 3.5%. Coinbase, 3.25%. Nexo, 5%. And at the moment, Lido, Kraken, Coinbase, and Binance control two-thirds of the staked ETH, having a significant role in validating transactions on the network. So this makes me wonder and ask the question, and you can write in Matthew Ernest, Crypt.co, what is the real reason for this premium? I don't think they can afford it. Basically, I feel that Binance is poning up the money, poning up the costs, poning up the capital to get people this higher APY in order to get people to get their F on Binance.us because they want to have a controlling share of the staking and validation in North America or in the US for some reason. They are trying to incentivize people to take their money off of Coinbase, off of Lido, off of Nexo and put it in or at least Americans, to put it in Binance.us and control that staking, control that validation. And I want to know what the end game is. It is it just a move for getting people to use their, their platform? Or is there something deeper? Even myself, when I saw 6%, I was like, hey, that's, that's not bad. Maybe, maybe. And finally, in some twisted, twisted shit right here, NFT game consultant says poor people could be NPCs or non-playable characters in real-life games or real-life metaverse games. They basically say with cheap labor of developing countries, you can use people in the say the Philippines as a non-playable character. Just populate this world of the metaverse, and maybe they could do a random job or two, just walking back and forth, fishing, telling stories, a shopkeeper, anything is possible just to get real-life characters in these games by using real people. And that's crazy. That is absolutely... <laughs> or here's what journalist Andy Chalk says. People are coming up with fresh ideas of how citizens of the third world, and we're going to call that developing world. I think third world is an old term, but developing world can be put into productive use by wealthy Westerners. It's an obvious idea, perfectly in character for the NFT field, and literally the definition of exploitation. What do you think? Is this just a way that somebody from a developing world can you know, participate in the metaverse or in like NFTs and make a little money? Or is this just complete exploitation and it should be illegal? Or is there a gray area? Let me know. Matthew and Crypt.co. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a five-star rating. Do the same on Spotify if you have time. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.